This is season number 19 of Bass Talk Live with Matt Pangrak. BTL is presented by Lorenz, Bass Cat Boats, Aftco, Strike King Lures, Sunline, Big Bite Baits, Spro, X-Zone Lures, Gamakatsu, The Bass Tank, Denali Rods, Pro Guide Batteries, Beatdown Outdoors, Shoreline Boat and RV Repair, and Omnia Fishing. Hit him with the hook, Jeffries. PTL, coming at ya! Good evening, and welcome to another exciting edition of BTL Bass Talk Live, where we are going to talk about bass fishing at night with the man, the one and only, our friend of the North, Dave Mercer. Hey, hey, hey. Well, I mean, we don't do enough podcasts, so why, why not do another one, Panger? Well, that's what I figured. I said, you have a thriving Mercer podcast. I do BTL, and then we also collab. That's the right word, right? Collab? That's what the kids use. Yeah, we're collabs. We collab for the cull, which is... Uh, how would you describe what the cull is, Dave? Well, I, I would probably describe it by how I open it every week. It's a weekly sport fishing debate show. It's like... It's our version of Stephen A. Smith or whatever. You know what I mean? You want to compare PTI, to- kind of our version of PTI. Yeah. Yeah. The problem is, um, and maybe the the kind viewers that have tuned in can help us. The problem is, um, we're like 50 episodes in, and and the hardest part for me and Panger is coming up with topics to argue about. So um um yeah. Well, feel, I mean, a lot of them come naturally there. though. Some of them come naturally because we do, we are very polar opposite in some of our thought processes but then we're also parallel in a lot of our 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 thought processes it's kind of how our relationship started i mean people think i mean the call literally is what me and panger used to do like when panger was at all the events and he would come in the trailer the media trailer it sounds so much cooler when you call it oh the media trailer it's really just like a it's where everyone jams in when it's raining and it's, it's literally where, a trailer that the media sits in. Yes. Yes. Just like no different than a horse trailer, except not as well appointed with food. Uh, but Panger would come in after being off the water and I'd come in after being off the water and we'd start talking. We always get into these debates. Like what is this or what is that? What's the future of this? And that's kind of what the call is. And the coolest thing to me is when people take it so personally, like in the comments, and I thank everybody for the comments, but you'll get all these comments and they'll be like, you know, I'm really sorry, Dave, but I got to go with Matt this week. I or, like that. Or, that hasn't happened lately. I've been the whipping boy on the call lately. I, I've been a whipping boy a few times, though, but well, you deserved it. I mean, well, so you. for one, are you nuts? Anyway, you can go over to uh, the Facts of Fishing YouTube. So I'm technically supposed to post these two, and then it's like, hey, we're going to a horrible partner yeah but i don't post them (laughs) anyway uh hold on i'm working on some mic settings here i don't think i've ever actually asked you you know we talked about in the media trailer stuff how did you get into this whole gig have you gone into that like am i have i missed the episode where you actually talk about like how you ended up in the fishing industry in the first place um no, I mean, yes and no, like depending on where I've taught. But I mean, honestly, fishing's all I've ever done. Like when I was a kid, I um, I knew like I, I'm the guy I run into people I went to grade school with 
and they're like in grade five you said you wanted to fish for a living and you, you that's how you've made your living and i'd love to be like it was all thought out and i was going to you know do this or do that but it literally was everything's been a means to an end from the beginning you know what i mean like i literally remember being a teenager and thinking you know because i started fishing tournaments when i was like 13 and was lucky enough to do okay in canada like where in canada in southern ontario so like club tournaments team tournaments well i mean at that time to believe it or not there was no clubs there was zero okay. clubs in canada at that time they didn't start till a little while after but they were kind of like regional tournaments like i mean circuits were just starting to kind of happen a few years after that but like the first tournament i fished was the jd fishing and archery bass tournament but it was on the lake that that i lived on and um we fished it finished 10th place in the first event and won 400 bucks and figured i was loaded um and did that all the way through high school did some guiding and uh fish tournaments and then when school ended i was like what do i do now and uh i continued to fish tournaments but even early on i was like yeah I don't, I don't like this life that's what i love about tournament anglers that's why i have so much respect for them because i knew early on that i like to travel and i like to do things i just don't like to be away for months at a time like some anglers yeah. are you know like paul nick left last week oh it's so, but he like his travels house. his house now he's got the kid and well, but is that bad that i have the dog's name and not his kid's name <laughs> the dog's name bella cora Cora's the kid? Yes. yes. So they have look, Cora. I want to put my glass on so I can read these comments. That's Ooh, the other thing I didn't that's have fancy. to do when so I first you look, got so, the, so, I mean, they have Cora and then Bella and Tim, they've loaded up, but, I mean, they they basically make that their house. Yeah. Yeah. But, but yeah, you're right. Like, four months, at, four months at a time. Yeah. So they won't return for a long time. They won't get back till June, I think. But I knew then I was like, I love tournaments. I love tournament fishing. I just don't want this to be what I do all the time. Um, but I knew I still wanted to fish for a living. And I swear to you, it's as simple as I went to a dude named Baba Zumi's house, saw his house. And uh, Baba Zumi is a know big deal in Canada. He's the bill dance of Canada. Mm -hmm. um, and uh, just recently retired. Congratulations on your retirement, Bob. Um, but Bob had a beautiful house. And I remember thinking like, how'd you get this house? And it was all from a TV show. And I'm like, I need to start a TV show. Um, so I got into TV through there and did actually tips for 10 plus years. Just did one minute tips that were on a bunch of different network channels. Wait a second. Were you making a living? Like, how are you paying the bills is my question then. You weren't getting paying the bills through tips, were you? Oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, no. It, 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 well, so not, have you ever had right a, a nine to five? No, no, but this, it's so, I'm so dumb, dude. Like, I'm literally, I don't know if I'm dumb, or just not smart enough to know when to stop or whatever, but I literally wanted to be on TV. And there was this channel in Ontario called The New VR. And it was like kind of right above Toronto. It was the gateway to cottage country. And I remember I went to Bill Patrick, who was the station manager. I called him for six months trying to get a meeting with him because I need to pitch him an idea that we're going to have these it's very Mark Jeffries of you continue <laughs> fishing tip. And, uh, so finally he went to see me, he, he brought me in. I'm certain to this day that he only brought me in simply just because I wouldn't stop calling him. 
you know, I would leave him voicemail after voicemail. So I went in, I did, you know, that, that day he said, well, what experience do you have in TV? And I'm like, I've been on it a couple mm -hmm. of tournaments. Like, so he said, you never went to broadcast school or anything like that. I said, no, 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 no. Uh, he said, well, I'll tell you what, we'll send you for a screen test. I did not even know what a screen test was at the time, but I had to drive home to get my boat, which was about an hour and a half away. And I, at the time I drove a truck called that my friends would call caramel corn. And the reason they called it caramel corn was because it was a, a, a brown, a light brown Nissan Pathfinder that literally had the same color of caramel corn, but even more importantly, it had holes in the bottom of the floor. And if I drove for over 40 minutes, the floorboards would start to, you know, the, the, the floor mats would start to burn. And it had this weird smell of caramel corn. I don't know why. So I'd have to pull over and put water on it and everything. Anyways, go get my boat, come back. I remember walking into the station and being like, I'm here for my screen test. Like what an idiot I must've sounded like. The camera person comes out with me and sets up on the back deck of my boat. And, and he's like, okay, so go ahead. And I'm like, well, what do, what do I do? And he's like, well, tell us how the fishing's been this year. So I rattle off some crap about, you know, the weed growth and, you know, it's behind this year. So you got to do this, this, and this. And he folds up his camera and puts it away. I head home. And that night when I got home, and this is dating myself and showing how old I am, but there was no cell phones or anything. So I get home and there's a message on my machine that says, hey, you better watch the news tonight because you're going to be on it. So I'm like, I have freaking made it. And um, the problem was I didn't realize how to make money for like the first six months. And then I started learning how to sell sponsors and there was no classes or anything, but I just stumbled my way through it. And um, one thing led to another. And then 10 years later, the tip thing that evolved into being up at one time, it was in 500 times a week it would air in canada holy cow place in, in canada and then um lo and behold we moved into a half hour show and it you know one thing led to another but literally all i've ever done panger is fish like i don't i i worked at a bar for five years at night while i was trying to get this going but that's the only other kind of legit job i ever had so then outside of you know the facts of fishing and the show and the tips stuff then bass masters like you're only quote real job then like i mean like st st you know what i mean that's not relying on like the tv show or anything um yeah yeah really it is it it um and that's the weirdest story too because like i went to 10 classics before i ever worked for bass yeah. and and i'd be going for to work for different sponsors and stuff and some years i literally paid out of my pocket and people would be like why are you going there and i'm like I don't know. I just have to figure this out. And it was so weird that I would sit there every year during the way. And I still feel the same. Like th there's a feeling when you walk into the classic arena, wherever it is, there's a feeling that I think all of us understand. It's almost like a hair on the back of your neck stands mm -hmm. up. You're like, this is the freaking Bassmaster classic. So every time I'd go in there, I'd sit and watch the way in and I'd be like, and did I screw up? Not that I thought that I could have been Kevin Van Dam. But I figured maybe if I stuck with it, I could have made a few classics. You know what I mean? It made, made the Bassmaster classic. And it's so weird the way life works out. Lo and behold, years later, I start doing some charity tournaments. I think was the first few ones that I emceed. And, 
and talking has always been my strong suit, I guess, you know, like I, I literally won the speech competition in grade school every single year. I did that um, in 4-H. I was a 4-H extemporaneous speaking champion. I've got the medals in my room still. Extemp, but what is it? 4-H and, what? You know, 4-H, head, heart, hands, yes. and health. What the, was the second word? Extemporaneous speech. So you walk in and all the contestants, you, you literally pull a topic out of a hat and then you go into a room by yourself for 30 minutes and you have to give a eight minute speech on that topic that you just learned about 30 minutes ago. Wow. I think anyway. I could do good at that. I mean, I, I think I could. Oh, try it's very that. stressful. I mean, try doing that as a 14 year old kid. Yeah, I'm sure it's stressful, but talking was never. Dude, I was born in Belfast, Northern Ireland. And I think. No. That the, Really? 100%. You didn't know that about me? How do I do I not apparently I don't do know any of your back. Know me? Belfast, Northern Ireland? Do you yes. have like are you an Irish resident? Well, no, I live in Canada now. I know, but, but like can you go back Oh to yeah, I yeah, I have an Irish passport. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. My mom no was Catholic and my dad was Protestant and I always tell people that made us Canadian. So <laughs> so we moved here in like the height of the troubles, but when I came to Canada, I was a five-year-old kid with an Irish accent. So I literally, teachers would like get me to tell them stories and stuff like that. So I think like this illness of entertaining people or telling stories has come from my grade school teachers that would make me just talk to them because they liked my accent. Wait a second. Are you trying to Google me? Are you no, trying I'm to find out this it. I'm already doing it. So, oh, let me get rid of these. Where's that? So there's Northern Ireland. There's Belfast, uh -huh. right? That's uh -huh. where you were born. Yeah, that's that's where I was born. And then you zoom out, and you end up <laughs> over in this neck of the woods. Yeah, yeah. You had an act. Uh, you had a Northern Ireland accent. Oh yeah, yeah. No, and and the weirdest thing is if I go back to Ireland now. I get it right back. Like I haven't, weirdly enough, I haven't gone back to Ireland since I started working for Bass um, just because there's not enough time. Um, I, I'm so busy with Bass. And then, you know, one thing leads to another, I just, you know, to go to Ireland, we'd usually, but we would go every second, at least every two years from not, not till I was like in my early twenties, did we go back? Like that was a big deal for our family to go back. Um, because we were broke, to be totally honest. Am I we the only one who didn't know all this? When we started going back, like I'd come home and I'd be like, hey, buddy, you love I was just straight Irish accent. It was uh it, it was um it, it's weird. So maybe I should go back right before the classic because that, yeah, that would be awesome. Uh James Hanna said, Hi David Matt, up late listening here in Belfast just now. I don't know whether that's true or not, but if it is, it may if it's not, it makes for a fantastic story. If it is, hopefully you're drinking a, a pint. Yeah. Guinness, Guinness or Bush Mills, maybe it's uh, it's late in Ireland, like it's freaking one in the morning there, I think, right now. So thank you. If any of the 300 plus that are watching knew this, Boncha. let me know. How did I not know this? I mean, dude, we've talked for hours and hours and hours. Yeah, you do a lot of talking, though. <laughs> I know, but I'm joking. but in the I mean, seriously, I don't know how I didn't know that. I have one more thing I need to pull up just to get a visual. Hold on here. Make sure we know where Ireland is. Yeah. 
your audio thinks something in echo cancellation. So every two minutes, if or five minutes, if I go in and hit echo cancellation, it keeps it from cracking. And I'm pretty impressed that I figured that out. I, uh, I'm impressed as well. Is that what it looked like? It is. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> Except I had the wheel option on the back. I had the okay. wheel, I had the, the wheel option, but it it was rusted. So it was very, you could never even open it. But it that's had, the style. <laughs> that is exactly the style. That, We're that talking about a, uh, I believe that I Googled uh, 1990 Nissan Pathfinder. Yeah, there she is. It was beautiful. I loved it, um, except it didn't do well for long drives. But I, when I was fishing tournaments, I slept in it quite a bit. Um, I had another Jimmy as well, a blue Jimmy that was very similar style vehicle that I, that I slept in a lot too. But again, I decided I didn't like that. So I focused on TV and weirdly enough, I end up, you know, honestly, the, the tournament thing, there's just two groups of people that I am like a lot of people, really, everybody's thankful for anything they accomplished unless they're a douchebag. And then they just think they did it all themselves, which I did none of this, anything <laughs> I get to do myself. But, um, the first group was the guys from TTBC, yep. Toyota Texas Bass Classic. We've talked and about that before. Lenny Francoeur was like, yep. I had emceed tournaments in Canada. And I, you know, for whatever reason, I got to know the Octagon guys. And Lenny called me once and he's like, hey, we're starting this big tournament. It's going to be on CBS and it's going to be the top 15 from Bass, the top 15 from FLW and everything. And I'm all like, wow, they lied. They really do call you. Somebody really does call you. I still and, talk with um, Lenny. Lenny still texts me. Oh, he's so it, showing right there. <laughs> Lenny's blowing you up. No, um, not right now. I mean, he oh. we talked like, I mean, in October. I mean, we're not like best friends, but I still chat with Lenny. Lenny's a great guy. I still talk to him to this day. And I'm so thankful because he called me. And he said, so we need an MC. And I was like, wow, this is going to happen. And he's like, but don't worry. We don't want you to be the MC. We think you could be a sideshow guy. So at the time, I'm like, well, you know who you need to hire. Um, because he, he made it clear it wasn't going to be me. I'm just going to be running around giving away prizes and stuff, which is cool. Um, I said, hire Fish Fishburn, because I was a huge Fish Fishburn fan growing up, and that had been like a few years since Fish had worked for Bass, and I thought Fish is going to come out and blow mm -hmm. the doors off this thing. And um, I worked with Fish for a couple of years, and then uh, I ended up being the main MC at the TTBC, and... Um, one thing led to another, and then a yeah. late meeting with Mark Zona and Kevin Van Dam at Las Vegas in a bar called Stacked, and you can figure out why it was called Stacked, but it was a family establishment. So we're at Stacked, and they're talking about bass and everything, and I'm just like, I've been obsessed with this my whole life, and I don't know why I threw it out there, but I was like, hey, man, if bass is ever hiring, like if they, if they have any need for somebody i'd love to work for them and i remember zona took looked at me and he's like really and i said yeah he's done and him and kevin kind of nodded at each other and i was like and then a process started with bass going through interviews and then there's kind of that crazy story with me and jerry mckinnis and the final interview which i'm sure you've heard before but yeah. uh yeah, that's how I ended up here where I am. And thank God for all those weird things happening. It's weird. Like everyone, I guess you could say, has this in their life, their path that leads them to where they are. 
<laughs> um, it, meetings, fortuitous things, things that you thought were bad luck. I mean, you can look at the anglers like that. Think of how many anglers' careers have been made on a single fish. And you think about that, like if that fish comes off, if there's a nick in the line, if it weighs two ounces less, if a fish doesn't die, it's amazing how little things have such drastic change in life. And at the time you have absolutely no idea where it would, where it will lead. Yeah. I mean, I think that's the truth about life though. Like you, you, I mean, all of those things, like, but as long as you're true to yourself and you, but yeah, like, I mean, when you look at all the things that, that got you to where you are or, you know, and maybe, maybe, maybe you're somewhere where you shouldn't be. Maybe you, you know, it goes the opposite way too. There's jail cells full of dudes who are just like, yeah, I shouldn't have made that decision. <laughs> <laughs> hey, uh, ironic. If I said, Hey, I only know this cause you mentioned it on the G man episode a couple of weeks ago. You can literally quiz me about any other Mercer episode. The G man is the one I have not had. So I get up in the morning and then I'll throw on, I'll throw on your show. Like I was listening to John Cox the other day. And then I listened to, uh, Carl and Gussie, and then I uh, listened to the KVD one. Of course, I hadn't listened to the G Man yet. Yeah. It, so, uh, well, I mean, the G Man. Right. That, know, now people are point. interested in the in the Jerry McInnes story. Multiple oh. people saying, "Okay, you got to tell that you can't tease it, and then not tell the Jerry McInnes story." Okay, I mean, it could be I a truncated it, version, but you or, or it could be the even more in depth version. No, I mean, I've I've told it a lot. But yeah, I, yeah, I'll, yeah. I'll tell it again um, because it is honestly like it is. It's like from a freaking movie. Like I can't even. It, when I think back on it, I can't even believe that that happened and and that I had the balls to do what I did. So I meet Mike McInnes, who is one of my closest friends on earth to this day. Still my boss and producer at Bass. Um, on that same night with Kevin and Zona, and we all go out and. It's good time. So anyways, I've met several people from JM, which is the production company that does all of Bass's video work. And um, I'm feeling pretty good about my, and I don't think I'm, I didn't know I was going to be the MC. Like I literally was just trying to get a job with Bass. What Dream were you planning job, on everything. doing? What's that? What were you planning on doing? Well, at the time I had been doing like a lot of, like that. that was the first initial fyi thing that i did you know the the news clips on online on web so i thought like maybe i'll be the web guy maybe i'll do some you know interviews and okay both, which sounds so strange right now but at that time <laughs> you got your foot in the door that was but that was big at that time because like everybody was worried about the web and you know what i mean like the last classic that i didn't work for bass i remember i made a big deal because i did twit vids which were Twitter videos, which was great. <laughs> and it, now it's like, there's no such thing as a twit vid. Um, but uh, so I've met with everybody at Bass. Everything's going good. And then I'm just told, well, you need to meet with Jerry McInnes. And I knew exactly who Jerry McInnes was. I, I, in Canada, the, a lot of Canadians, when they hear this, they're not, they don't realize because Jerry's show wasn't on in Canada. I mean, he shot a longest running show in the United States, like 30 some years, the fishing hole with Jerry McInnes. Yeah. No, number two, longest running show on ESPN still to this day, other than sports desk or sports center, whatever it's called. Um, 
So anyways, I go in to meet Jerry, and, and I'll be honest, I don't get nervous, Panger, very much. But I was nervous for this because it was also like they had already told me, like, if things go good, we want to hire you. So I go meet with Jerry. And when you meet with Jerry, like, you go into JM's offices, and it's so cool because, like, it's like an it's got like a warehouse feel to it. You know what mm -hmm. I mean? Like an urban warehouse with all the brick and, yeah. and there's like, there's every piece of bass fishing history that a bass fishing geek like me would freak out over like Takumi's um, or not Takumi's Takahiro's. I knew it. Jersey is like hanging right there and you're just passing oh, from Wiley. Stuff. Yeah. All really? of this is like, I mean, it's just, it's bass history. It's steeped in it. I'm just walking also, then I go meet with Jerry and meeting with Jerry was not like a normal job interview. You think of a job interview, you think of, you know, like, what do you bring to this company or whatever? Like Jerry, me and Jerry literally talked for three hours. Like, and it was an emotional roller. Coaster. Like it was, we talked about baseball. We talked about, um, smallmouth fishing was a big topic. We talked just about all these things, but every once in a while he'd throw something in about work. And we keep, you know, moving on. And then finally, we, we're three hours into this. I am petting Arch, his dog, which I'm allergic <laughs> to dogs, but I don't care. I'm like, I'm going to pet the crap out of this dog because if it bites me, um, I, I just figured Jerry's the kind of guy that's if his dog bites you, you're done. Um, so we're sitting there and Jerry's also one of those people who doesn't show an expression. Like me, you can always tell, like my eyes are like, I'm when you talk to me, you know where I'm at with your story generally. Jerry's right. not. Jerry's just one of those Southern kind of gentlemen that like lets it marinate a little bit. So Jerry gets talking about all this stuff and he's like, you know, Dave, I can't believe the amount of support we've got because this is right when they have bought bass. Um, Don Logan, Jim Copeland, and Jerry McKinnis bought bass from ESPN. And he goes, you know, it's amazing the amount of support we're getting all all around the world too he goes and he pulls out this magazine which i have hanging on the wall right there um he pulls out this magazine and he's like look at this right here he goes and he pushed push it in front of me he, and it's basser magazine which many people might know mm -hmm. a very famous um japanese magazine beautiful it's freaking awesome and there's an article in it it's got a picture of don jerry and jim together and it's like the new ownership of bass and it's a big article on them. It's and like, who just bought the Yankees? Basically. Yeah. So he says, he says to me, but he goes, who knows what they're saying? I can't read it. And dude, I think you know me enough at this point that a lot of times my dad growing up used to say, you need to put your brain in gear before you put your mouth in drive. That is a skill that I am yet to ever accomplish. So sometimes stuff comes out of my mouth and my brain starts like, backwheeling and saying you shouldn't have done that so I, I right away without thinking anything i'm like i can read it to you jerry <laughs> <laughs> and and jerry looks up and he's like what and i mean dude all through my mind all that's going through my mind is me calling my wife on the way home in the rental car saying we were three hours into the interview and i screwed up my dream job because i lied to him um, you can like, speak Japanese and read Basser magazine. He's like, no, no, no. He's and he's like, what are you talking about? And I was like, I'm like, Jerry, now this point I've committed to the lie, right? There's no sense backtracking. I'm like, Jerry, do you want me to read it to you or not? And he's kind of startled. And 
Dude, so I open the magazine and I, I read it a little bit because I mean dialects are different in places. Yeah. I that's said something like that to him. And I've never been able to duplicate what I did in that office that day. But basically, it went something like this. Jerry, McFl Jerry McKinnis has been a leader since day number one. Early in his life, he chased the dream of being a professional baseball player, made it to the Oakland Athletics Organization, and left that to lead yet another industry, a groundbreaking fishing show, and then started developing tournaments coverage like we've never seen before through the FLW and now he is the owner of Bass and we at Basser Magazine have it under strict confidence he's about to make one of the most prudent decisions of his life and hire Dave Mercer to MC the Bassmaster Classic Brilliant. and dude the whole way through it I'm like like I get to the I'm like I handed back the magazine and my I swear you could see my heart pumping through my shirt and Jerry looks up at me and he's like you you don't speak Japanese, do you? And I said, uh, no, no, Jerry, I don't. He said, uh, I think you'll do pretty good at this job. <laughs> and he hired me on the spot. So it was the most ridiculous, do not lie, children. But if you do, make it a good one. And then long story short, I know we've talked about this. We've covered this in BTL. Then your first classic is KVD. Yeah. Yeah. Um, well, and and like I said, I didn't know I was applying. Yeah, we yeah we went through that. I mean, it's nuts. It's it's nuts. They were just kind of like, here you go, have fun at the classic, <laughs> I, yeah, it, dude. And we had a breakfast the next the year after I did the classic, and we're walking out, and it's in Vegas at iCast again, and we're walking out from breakfast, and Jerry's beside me, and Mike's there, and Jerry was the greatest for bringing up little things, and he's like, you know what, Mercer. A couple of days before that classic, I called Mike up and I said, what have we done? We don't even know this guy. So, so thank God it worked out. That's a heck of a story, Dave. Yeah, it's a good one. It's a good All one. right. Well, we we promised some stuff during the show. We're 31 minutes in. I wow. think maybe we should. Uh, well, we got a bunch of stuff to give away. So I'm not giving away any of it. Okay, just so you know, I mean, I, I'm all about people getting it, but you're picking the winner. Don't screw me. Yeah, like no. That. So here's here's how we do it. Um, okay. I have the comments over on the side, right? And I have a mouse with a little scroll scroll deal, so I can scroll all the way up. So like all the way, I'm I'm already to like uh seven o two, and then I can scroll like all the way down, and there's one at like. 733 so this is the way i do this is um we pick a, a random person who's made a comment on the on the uh, instant feedback okay and then and then as we go on for the show we will we will build up to it um and i am going to put the uh, onus on you we are going to do a quick kind of question and answer period with you and then you can just pick your favorite question okay. and they will get a uh, hopefully, hopefully, uh, well, they could do whatever they want with it, but a two X a two X hydronaut, right? Yeah. Yeah. I, I came up with our slogan. If you're the right size, you can win a prize. All right. What do we have? You sent the list. You sent the list of stuff that you're, uh, that you're giving away. You know, you know who I've tried to get on the show multiple times and I'm going to call him out live on the show is Casey shed. Who's the president oh, of, of AFCO freshwater. Uh, and I'll say this. AFCO sponsors me on the opens. They sponsor BTL as the show. Um, I got on really early with them uh, 
through their rep group when they came into the freshwater market. And it's really rare to, to actually not only have a relationship with the people who like own it and make the decisions and started it. Uh, and dude, you could say whatever you want. Cause I'm saying this, but like Casey shed is freaking awesome. So we did a, 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 a tournament on table rock and the cast, they did all the employees and whoever you, they did a casting contest. I've never told this story before. This was a year and a half ago. They did a casting contest and whoever was the most accurate caster could then pick the pro that they wanted to fish with. Right. So you're talking like Mike McClellan, Justin McClellan, Jeremy lawyer, uh, Pete Wenners. Like it's on, it's on uh table rock, like a okay. bunch of top end guys. So Casey shed who considers himself the office fishing pro miraculously wins this casting contest and he picks me number one overall ahead of Mike McClellan, Jeremy lawyer, that type. Anyway, so I got to spend three days on the boat with Casey and her, learn, the, learn the whole story of how he started. Basically, you know, his, his grandpa's in the, the fishing, the freshwater fishing hall of fame. There's all sorts of stuff with yeah. that story. But I mean, he he goes on this like odyssey straight out of college because he has to work for other before they let him work. It's a freaking fantastic story. So, but he's kind of camera shy. So I've been trying to work him into getting on the show because they made a big splash in the freshwater market. I think you should just call him up and ask him to be on a, on a call. Just say we're doing a video and don't tell him he's on the show. Just have a conversation because I will say this, and I know everyone's going to say this because. We both work with AFCO. Right. And before I worked with AFCO, I didn't know that because I just hadn't been exposed to Casey and his dad. I mean, they're yeah. an amazing family. Like, I I met Casey's one of those guys that you meet, and right away I, I found I had, like, a kinship with him. And generally, you know, when you're buddies with somebody and you meet their dad, you're like, ah, oh, your dad's kind of cool. Like, your dad's nice. I'm respectful to yeah. your dad because he's your dad. I spent like an hour and a half talking to Casey's dad this past year at ICAST. And I'm like, this is, this is, that's the dude I want to be. I want to be as forward thinking and as, oh, and yeah. as massive in conservation. They have the 10%, uh, the 10% pledge where everything in this cell, 10% of it goes to conservation. Huge in, he's basically, uh, I guess I would say like semi-retired from the AFCO side so he can focus all of his efforts on conservation. Yeah, all the advocates. Uh, and he's also a magician. He he literally worked like for two... Bill Shedd worked for like two years. As, I'm going to probably get canned after this for giving up all these family secrets. But like he's... I've, I've watched him do like an hour-long magic show with like coins and cards and scarves. It's incredible. incredible right, we're story. giving this stuff away. There's a bunch of people on here that say that they are 2X. But we're not going to start with the uh, with the Hydronaut. We're going to end with that. So I need to pull up the list of things that you sent me that you said you have to give away on the show tonight. You have the Hydronaut rain suit. You have the puff, uh, puffer fish jacket. Yeah. A ripcord vest, a tactical HD shirt, the wrangle long sleeve and the wrangle short sleeve. Yeah. So that's six things. And I have, have you tried the new gloves yet? I love the gloves. The new ones that are like the short gloves that have like, that are, like the I don't have gloves. those ones. I want to yeah. win these. They're brand new. These are a size extra large. Typically, I wear a size large. The large is a little snug on me, so extra large is 
I have big hands, Mercer. Uh, the size, <laughs> the size twelve. This is the Element glove. So I've got a brand new pair of of Element gloves to give away, and then apparently I'm the only one because I'm from o- I'm not from Oklahoma, but I've been in Oklahoma for so long, and I just recently discovered that if you put quality sweatpants under your Hydronaut suit, then you're free and mobile all day on the water, and it's not like thermals, jeans, which bind, and then the Hydronaut. So you just go like boxer sweatpants so these are the uh mid-layer a, a size large black the mid-layer fleece pant which are they're like a hundred dollar pair of sweatpants but just wear this and then your hydronaut and you'll be comfy and mobile all day i'm wearing them right now no are joke. you really I'm, yeah a hundred percent i've got them on right now i i i wear them a lot i just thought it was because i'm a fat guy but <laughs> i guess it makes skinny people comfortable too all right, so we'll give away one of your things first. So this is just for people who have already, you know, been commenting. And then uh, we'll just randomly, if you're leaving okay. a comment, and listen, if it's like one letter or just like a word or something like that, we're picking someone else. It has to be a, a coherent thought in the comments. That's a fair, don't you think? Okay, yeah, that's, I mean, you run the rules. It's your show. All right, and 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 if you are picked... Then you just email me, matt at basszone.com with your name and your address. And then if it goes to Mercer, I'll send him the stuff. You have people that can ship it out. And then if it's for me, I'll promise to ship it for a month and a half, and you'll eventually get it in sometime in March. By people, their name is my wife, Sarah. <laughs> <laughs> it still blows my mind that you don't have like a team of, of full-time employees over there, Dave. <laughs> We, we just have um, us, really. It, it's uh, very impressive. So do you want to start at the bottom, or do you, want to, do you want to start with the Wrangle short sleeve and 2X? Wherever you want. Yeah, let's start right yeah. there. Let's That's start with beautiful the... Beautiful fishing shirt. With the Wrangle short sleeve and 2X. So I'm just going to scroll up. And it's like so the shirt I wear on stage all the time. Is that what that is? Yeah, that's exactly what. I mean, it has the Bass logo on it. This one won't, but I mean, all right. If you watch, I'm scrolling with the Bass logo. If you want it, you know what? I wouldn't mind going with like a classic worn shirt from you this year. You realize what studio. those are like? Do you think I could get a a? Uh, you don't save any of those, right? I mean, I I. Yeah, I'm just I mean, saying right now you don't save them. Like you're not like this is the 2011 final day shirt. Yeah, a lot of times it's the same as the 2010. Okay, so <laughs> I would like this, Mercer. I'm I'm getting the studio set up here. I would like uh, and I'll this make this will make sense. I would like the shirt that you wear on day three of the classic, autographed in silver sharpie, and then I'll frame it and put it in the studio. Oh, okay. I mean, I'm gonna have a pair of Dean Rojas's pants in here for good sake. Those are Dean's pants, though. Yeah, this is just my sweaty shirt. Yeah, these are the these are the somebody pa- while they accomplish. You know what else I got for you though, Panger? And this will come to your studio. I will do this for you. People are here to get prizes for themselves, but we're giving prizes to you. I have an extra one of these ESPN mic flag. These are the actual mic flags that for the first fifteen years of the Elite Series. No, I'd, I'd rather have the shirt. Oh, wow. Okay, Ma- is that doable? That's fine. That's, that's a fine. yes. Sweaty shirt it is. Okay. I, I think that's cool. All right. I'm scrolling. I'm going to stop and pick. You just tell me when to stop. I'm all over the board on where these comments yeah. are. Lane Clark Fishing. Hey, guys from South Carolina. The shores of Lake Hartwell. 
There you go. He looks like he looks like he might be jacked. Who Lane? Yeah. Lane Clark, you won a 2X <laughs> Wrangle short sleeve shirt, courtesy of Dave Mercer. This is from your personal stash, is it not? Shoot me an email, Matt at basszone.com with your name and contact info, and we'll pass that along. All right. You want to do one more while we're sure. at it? All right, sure. let's do the let's do the long sleeve shirt too. We'll go with a recent comment yeah. here. Stop you now. Got... Michael Cole, what's up with the bobbleheads, Mur? Oh, it's a you get to answer uh you get to answer a question as well. Michael Cole. Michael Cole, you... like the announcer for yes. WWE. He's got a freaking cool looking truck too. Wrangle long sleeve in 2X from Dave Mercer. Um can you sign those shirts? Yeah, if you want, but I don't know that people would want that. Okay, you if you, if you email it, let's say you're not a 2X size or don't know anyone or whatever and would like Mercer to sign the garment, just mention that in the email, matt at basszone.com, Michael Cole. Highly devalued. That's fair, right? No, yeah, that's that's matter. fine if you want it signed, but it will devalue the garment. Okay. Uh, what is up with the bobbleheads? Um, I just, to be honest, it was a... I, I don't know. I'm very immature um, is a big reason that, I mean, and I, somebody bought me a bobblehead at one point and then it became a thing where I started getting more and more bobbleheads. And um, yeah, that's, that's, and uh, that's, they used to be behind my bar in my old house and um, had a big bobblehead collection. And now that it's behind my head here at my desk because it, uh, you're supposed to put stuff behind you that's of interest, so it's not just a background. I, I don't know. That's why they're there. But it's kind of cool. Like, I've got some cool... Like, the only angler represent... There's only two anglers on there. One is, is KVD, and the other one... Hold on. The other one is me! Yeah, you Years talked ago, about the KVD bobblehead. Bobble but it's very small. Very small. Not near as big as the other bobbleheads. You got a bobblehead. You talked about the KVD bobblehead on the KVD show. Yeah. See? Yeah. I literally swindle was the only one. It's like on the list of things to watch. I just got a cool text. Uh, Lane Clark just finished fifth on the Harris Chain College Tournament two dare for Bassmaster with my buddy, then drove all night home and finished seventh in a BFL on Lake Kiwi, and the dude's only 18. Way to go, Lane. Way to go. See you at the Bassmaster Classic sometime soon. Isn't that's one of the coolest things that's happening, like the amount of college kids and stuff and how realistic it is now. It's it's I find it so personally rewarding and cool to see the amount of kids that are converting it into, you know, a real deal. Like where in the past you'd run into a bunch of kids and they'd be like, I want to do this for a living. But most of them, you just disappear. But like more and more there's a kid that you meet and then all of a sudden next thing you know a few years later they're in the Bassmaster Classic so it's it's cool to see all this happening absolutely Matthew Johnson that's a fantastic idea you should get the white towel and throw it over the shoulder of the shirt when you frame it oh my god what? a sweat towel and a sweaty shirt from Dave Mercer that would look very good in the in the <laughs> studio though all right. Hey, we need to take a break here. We're going to take our first break of the show. Uh, when we come back, uh, we might talk a, a little bit of the, the chief stuff, but I also want to get into, uh, you've done some cool stuff with 
quote unquote celebrities. You have some 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 feet in the UFC, in the NHL, in the NFL. There's a lot of people that uh, that like to fish. Some surprising people too. And I'd like to get some some cool stories from some kind of celebrity behind the scenes moment that that you've gotten to experience. Uh, if you're cool diving into that, Dave. Well, I have to be now that you threw it out in front of the publics. All right. BTL at night with the man Dave Mercer. We will be back right after this. Introducing HDS Pro. Watch fish reacting to your lure live with Active Target 2. Get game-changing clarity in the megahertz range with the new Active Imaging HD Sonar. Find the richest fishing spots with CMAPS charts. Take full control of your boat with the ultimate fishing system. HDS Pro. The more you see, the more you catch. The new Puma STS has been redesigned from the ground up. With the angler, design, function, and performance in mind, nothing on this new offering was compromised, and the only thing carried over from the previous version is the name. Based on the soft touch series hull that started with the flagship Jaguar, this new model is nimble and performs incredibly well at all speeds with either a 250 or 300 horsepower engine. Featuring a new 96 inch wide body footprint, this hull measures out at 20 foot 7 inches in length. Industry leading design coupled with tournament winning performance. The Puma STS from BassCat. Feel the rush. Hey guys, Gerald Swindle representing the AFCO Hydronaut. This is the jacket I love wearing when times is tough, and I'm talking about the weather, not the fishing. The jacket, what I like, I got a double cup right here. I can seal up the bottom of my jacket because when you're fishing, you're holding your arms up. You're bad about getting water, it runs downhill. Everything bends good. I'm long arm. Look, it fits very comfortable. My arms are flexible. I've got the speed hood on, pouring down range. I can get everything zipped up. One thing they did is they made plenty of pocket space. If you ain't got no pockets in a Hydronaut rain suit, you just got too much stuff from the water man brain that's 30k baby 30 times the reason you ain't gonna get wet super warm if it's cold in the winter time you put on your hydronaut you're gonna be a much more comfortable person if you want to just look sexy at dairy queen wear your hydronaut we got it from small to 5x most rain gear does not come in that many sizes you got waist adjusting straps we can make it fit you no matter what the environment is we want you to be comfortable we want you to be dry you gotta check it out it ain't gonna let you down elite series pro daryl gleason here my Pro Guide batteries keep me going on those long tournament days and long practice days. Always plenty of juice, never fail. The best part about Pro Guide batteries, it's the people behind the company. They have over 40 years experience in the battery business, keeping all of us fishermen out on the water longer, catching more fish. Check them out at ProGuideBatteries.com. What's up, Bass Talk Live fans? Brandon Polinick here. And ever since I won a couple Bassmaster Elite Series events on X-Zone Lures, I've been getting a bunch of questions of what makes them so special and different. And really, the truth is, it's in the details. The little details, things like no cheap fillers in their plastic, that gives you more lifelike action, more realistic and vibrant colors. But don't just take my word for it. Go to www.xzonelures.com and check them out for yourself. 
All right, welcome back, BTL, on a Monday night with Dave Mercer. And uh, I saw one of the comments that said, "Man, I've learned more about Mercer." Yeah, uh, dude, I, I've 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 learned a lot about you tonight. We didn't <laughs> I, we didn't really go over what we were going to uh, talk about or what we weren't going to talk about. It was just like, hey, let's give away a bunch of AFCO stuff and see where it goes. Hopefully it's gone down a acceptable path. Yeah, hopefully. I mean, Hey, I do have a question though. You know, G- Gerald Swindle's on there and he, he does that. I, you want to look sexy at Dairy Queen and all that. Um, He's is he is there anyone that can hold a candle to him when it comes to popularity and and influence in the industry? I mean, dude, I think he's number one right now where we are right now. The guy elicits such a positive reaction from every like look at the shows that you do with them look at the shows that everybody does with them they get more views than everything he's on more advertising than anything the guy is an absolute rock star when it comes to that yeah i mean he, he i don't know who the biggest is but he's definitely if you're making a short list he is definitely in the top two top three i mean i'm trying to think of who's ahead of him and i don't know that anyone is but I will say this, I've always said this, and I've said this for a long time, and it seems like every year it becomes more and more. There's nobody who can win in professional bass fishing that will move the needle. Like when Gerald Swindle finally wins an elite or a classic, there is no victory that could be bigger than that. Like I really do not think there is anybody right now in the sport of professional fishing that people want to win more than Gerald Swindle. And, man, I... For whatever reason, I feel, and me and me and um, Paul Nick talked about it. Um, I had Paul Nick on the show the week after I did the show with Swindle, mm-hmm. and and Paul Nick brought it up, and and I agree. I feel like G is closer to a victory right now than he maybe ever has been in the past, just because he is in a very healthy spot. You know what I mean? Like I feel like G's gone through a lot of evolutions, and it's got to be incredibly tough to be. Gerald Swindle, because I mean, if you're having a bad day, nobody wants to see that swindle. You know what I mean? Every yeah. everybody wants to see the swindle they see on stage all the time. Well, it's a lot of weight to bear, I think. But I think Gerald Swindle is more comfortable in his skin today than he ever has been. Let me ask you this: you've you've literally called every elite series winner for the past decade. God, decade! Holy cow! Um, over that this would be my 13th classic that's awesome crazy how do you rationalize the fact that gerald swindle has two angler of the year titles and so many classics and an open win he has won an open in 2011 but then you have other anglers and and you're not taking away but journeyman anglers who have multiple some of them have three two or three elite series wins uh, and have never competed for an angler of the year and don't have that pull. Like I sometimes have a hard time wrapping my mind around that in this sport, because this is the only sport, the only sport. Part of the reason why sometimes I I've wavered between calling an act a competitive activity and a sport where that could happen. 
And it's and he's had wins. You know what I mean? Like he's had them, but they get taken from him for whatever reason. You know what I mean? Like he never loses them. He gets beaten. He gets beaten, or he had a, a fish care penalty to the one where Rojas ended up winning on Toledo Bend, which Swindle would have won. It's an anomaly, but I also think, and this this is some old guy talk coming out here. When I was just, and not much younger, you know, 10 years mm -hmm. ago when I thought about it, I would try to come up with different reasons why. And to me, it seems more apparent. Like, I feel like Gerald Swindle needs to have that challenge. He needs to have, like, I mean, he's, there's not a pro, very few pros. Like, if you went out and said, hey, today, genie in a bottle, you can be Gerald Swindle. Nobody would say, I don't want to have that career. He is one of the most successful pros out there, two-time angler of the year. But I feel like it makes his, PMA stuff is positive mental attitude stuff. It makes that stronger by him not winning because you know what? It's easy to be Mr. PMA. If you win all the time, like there's a lot of people pointing back and saying, well, yeah, what, what do you, what trials and tribulations do you deal with in your life? So there's part of me that weirdly enough, I honestly do feel that if you're really lucky, you are exactly where you're meant to be. And I feel like Gerald Swindle is one of those people. And for whatever reason, I, I know that he's going to get that victory, but I just think this is the greatest build in the history of the sport. Like, and that's what I, that's the speech I give to, to anglers when they lose a big event, you know, backstage, I, I gave it to Hank Cherry at his first classic. I'm like, man, that was painful. What happened to you on the stage? But trust me. Yeah. Well, you guys made him watch it six times. And just, the big I didn't screen. Even know that was happening. Like, just so people get a walk in my life, I'm up on the stage. I didn't even know he lost the fish. I don't pay attention on the last day, just generally, so my mm -hmm. reaction at the classic is real. So I didn't know what was going on. And all I hear in my ear is, we're going to play some footage of a few fish that Hank lost. Okay. So when I set it up and then when they said again, and, and it was painful, like the whole arena, like Hank had to sit down on the stage and it was crushing. But then my boss in my ear says, and we're going to play it again. <laughs> and in your little earpiece. Like, like, so you're, I, I don't like my job right now, but I still feel it. And he even admitted it, you know, at the time it was so painful, but that, that build is what makes people want somebody to win. That's what made Jason Christie's victory this past mm -hmm. year so special because we saw him get crushed time after time after time. And you were, is it ever going to happen? But when it did happen, everybody did wasn't just cheering for an a, a athlete. They were cheering for somebody that they felt like they related to, somebody who mm -hmm. they had a investment in, a personal investment in. And I think there is nobody that people are more personally invested in than Gerald Swindle. I, so why it's happening? Dude, you sold me. I, I don't think Gerald would be nearly as beloved and popular as he is if he had four or five Elite Series trips. I mean, he still would be, but dude, you're 100% right. He's it, it makes him relatable. Not that the other guys who win aren't, but it's... That's real interesting. That's some real deep psychology stuff there, yeah. Dave. Interesting. Michael makes a great point. He says, Hey, G-Man winning the classic would be like when Dale senior won the Daytona 500 in 98. If you watch that race ending, you know what I'm talking about. Yeah. I mean, that's, that's about the only thing you compare it to. You know what I mean? Like mm -hmm. there's, and I, I'm certain it's going to happen. I'm certain it's going to happen for whatever reason. I just like, 
and it wasn't always, but I'm like, it's going to happen. Like, it's just when I watch what he's giving to the sport now, like, I mean, sure, he's the dude who comes up on the stage and makes yeah, a bunch but, of dude. laugh, bunch of people laugh. But when I watch the time he spends with anglers and the the mentor that he has become, that's what mind screws me because he deserves the win. But listen, listen, Dave, we thought Aaron was going to win a classic too. I mean, it was inevitable. He was going to finish second and four, and he was going to get his classic champ. I, I, nothing's guaranteed example, in life. Bad example, because I believe Aaron would have. Yeah, so do I. You know what I mean? So, uh, And if he won one, he probably would have won like three in a row. <laughs> and then he'd have been like, dude, this is so easy. I don't know why it was so hard for so long. <laughs> no wonder Kevin's having so much fun. <laughs> We thought Kevin was 100% going to pass Rick for five classics. I've had well, that conversation. Yeah, that, that. I guess that's what makes a win so special. I mean, you've got all sorts of, you got all sorts of things, outside influences and inside influences and mental things and magical things that have to happen. Who, what, winning? Yeah, winning. Yeah, yeah, no, totally. It's. There's so many things involved. You know what I mean? That 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 nobody, people. It's not like a normal sport. You have to overcome. So, no other sport is played in a public playing field. You watch Jason Christie. Yeah. Jason Christie, one hundred percent lost a classic because of a public spectator. Like you don't ever hear that. You're never like, dude. It's like stuff out of a movie. Yeah. The, the guy, Shooter McGavin, showed up. <laughs> dude showed up and hey jack edwin's got 27 see you at the big sizzler <laughs> dude you know what's interesting i was watching i was listening to something um i was listening to something just like yesterday and it was about how you can be the most talented person it was about fighting right it could be like you could be the best fighter at punching a bag and have the best technique and have ten thousand kicks but your does not make you a good fighter. What makes you a good fighter is what you do when the heart rate spikes and the adrenaline and the pressure was there. And there's no way to simulate a life-threatening or an important other than to be in it and see how you react. Yeah. Yeah. And and which is why you see guys react. sometimes guys be like, he did what? Well, because I mean, dude, he's got to, you have to go through that. You have to suck at it. It's an evil sport that way. You it, And, you know, there's nobody, I mean, with the exception of Kevin, literally there's nobody who didn't go through that climb. And, and people forget that Kevin went through that in some ways in a different way. Before Kevin won his first classic, the big story was, will KBD? ever win the big one sure he yeah. can win angler of the year sure he can win these invitational events but will he ever win the big it one? was so he was really pumped when he won that first one yeah not the monkey but then there's a great point there matt quint quinlan said roland never has a classic i mean we got scott out there with unfinished family business he got nine angler of the years and no class like how does that happen i don't know it's I, weird, I mean, man. how the classic happens is pretty simple though i mean you you get one shot at it a year, and the more shots you take at that classic, the more pressure it goes on your shoulder, especially when you're Roland. 
You know what I mean? You, you, yeah. you, could you imagine what it was like? You've won nine Angler of the Years. You've, I think he's won 19 Bassmaster tournaments, and you can't win the Classic. Like, the amount of pressure that he would put on himself and, and that spectators would put on him and everything. But, see, that's why I think Swindle's in the perfect place because yeah. he wants it so bad, and the industry wants it for him. But there's also not that same weird pressure on him. You know what I mean? It's kind of like swindle, be who you are. And the more people are themselves in this sport, the more I find that they're successful. That's a great point. Uh, there's a, I mentioned this before the break. You've gotten to, to hang out with some really cool people who like fishing. Uh, is there a common thread between all of the, what I would say, big four, big five sports celebrities, the fighters or something, when you get them on the boat, whether it's a, a fighter or Bickle or, you know, any of those guys, do they all have the same kind of passion for, for fishing and they become a different person when they're on the water than when you see them in their element? This is going to sound bad in some ways, but for a lot of them, there isn't. For a lot of them, fishing so different. A lot of them, they don't even think of it like a sport. They just think of it as a pastime. They, they, they you see them. They're leaned on the mm -hmm. cowling on the back deck. They're throwing lackadaisical. You know what I mean? They, they don't even. When you look at how they are in an octagon, how they are in, you know, in their arena, whatever that may be, you're just like, how is this the same person? But then you also realize that that further that and here this is relaxing there's some exceptions i would say brian bickle is the biggest exception that i've ever fished with i believe that brian robinson is probably the same i haven't fished yeah, he's all in with brian but there's you know we've talked about fishing for freaking years and we need to make it happen but i feel just i know enough hanging out with him that that he's got to have the same thing but but bickle from day one, when I fished with him, I'm like, this dude fishes. This dude is, if he didn't play hockey and you went fishing with you, you'd be like, this guy's a player. And and he's obsessed with it, and he looks at it as a sport. But there is a lot of them that just, like, it's a pastime, which is also kind of cool because I think we forget about that. Like, I think in our lives, we just think it's all this. You know, it's all technical. It's all whatever. But it's cool to see people that the majority of our sport is just like them. They go to fish to relax, to kick back and and take a load off. Um, but but there is a few that are very very good. And and I'm telling you, Bickle, if Bickle ever spends gets, he's going to fish three opens this year. He's fishing the Northerns um, or whatever the division's called. Oh um, really? As a boater? Yeah yeah. He's no fishing way. Three of them. He's fishing. Oh those that's three. cool. Yeah no he's he's all signed up and. Looking for he was actually signed up before. He fish whatever COVID. bank he wants to. He fish anywhere he wants to on the lake. Get off my bank. Yeah, you you are, you want a Stanley Cup rig knuckle sandwich? <laughs> <laughs> See the the weirdest thing about him too is, like I bring him places and I'm always bigging him up. He's my buddy. You know what yeah. I mean? You, you know who this guy's? You'd never know it other than like he's a bigger guy. You'd never be like that's the dude who won three cups or anything. That's because hockey very, players are classy and respectful. Very, yeah, very classy. Very All classy, right. quiet. Speaking of classy, let's give away another AFCO garment, Dave Mercer. Yeah, let's do that. 
Okay, we'll we'll do two. Let's go with one of yours and then one of mine, and then I'll have one left and you'll have three left. Let's go with the tactical HD shirt. Yes. From Dave Mercer's personal collection. Yes. I'm gonna continue to start scrolling here. Let's just keep down scrolling. There. Give me a second. You want me to go towards the top or towards the bottom? Go, go, wait, stop. Well, this is just awkward. What? Lane Clark wins again. That's some bull crap, Lane. I swear. You can't you can't rig this. Yeah. He he's gotta win because I'm not a believer in the oh, you already won. You can't win again. Uh, I'm sorry, guys. Lane seems to be taking it all. And he's not making like an inordinate amount of posts. All right. Well, congratulations. He's posted like Lane, three times. Lane, you now. Lane, Lane you, you have a lot of uh, 2X garbage headed your way with the... Uh, Get eaten. With the... <laughs> with the tactical HD shirt. Uh, said like another a nice conversation. It keeps getting interrupted by giving away stuff. I feel different. Have another, uh, send me another email that says you won that. And if you want Dave to autograph too, Lane says that's what Christy went back when he said he could punch someone in the face while fishing. (laughs) (laughs) Remember that he said, didn't he say he was like, so jacked up. He wanted to punch someone in the face after he caught one of his first fish. Yeah. I think something like that. Lane Clark's having one heck of a weekend. (laughs) A big weekend. A big big weekend. weekend. He's got half of Mercer's wardrobe and a couple trophies to show for it. <laughs> Should All we give right. away something else real quick? Yeah. Come on. All right, Lane. Hopefully you're an extra large, <laughs> extra Let's... large glove. Okay, good. All Lane's right. got gloves. Hold I thought on. you were giving him the tactical HT shirt. I am. I was a joke that he was going to win a third thing. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> See what I was saying there? For hilarity. Are we going to rule Lane out for a third thing, or should we go for the hat trick? I mean, it's no, a... no, no. If he wins, he wins. I'll be yeah. better at that, my time. That proves that I'm not looking or that it's just completely okay. random. You just okay. You, tell are me... you spinning? Yeah, I'm spinning. Stop. Survey says Drew Bradstreet fishing. Travis, yes. Travis said G-Man wins Knoxville and there will be two goalposts in the river. Gosh, because you, you know imagine? that that's what they do. I know. I've spent enough time in the Americas now that I understand what they do. Patty. That's what Tennessee does after they beat Alabama. Uh-huh. They take the goalposts and they chuck him in the river. That is a great comment, Drew. That is a great response to it. Send me an email, Matt at basszone.com. These are the new element glove. They uh they feel fancy, so they're like fleece-lined inside, but they have that kind of, I'm about to go on a mission. You know, like, a, you've ever put on, like, a football glove or, like, a goalie glove in soccer where, like, when uh-huh. you strap them up, you're like, I'm, I'm about to do something? That's the feel you get from these gloves. Nice tactical on the inside, outside. Great driving gr- glove. My favorite crappie fishing glove. It's like the home shopping network for men. Drew Bradstreet <laughs> Fishing. Gloves. Congratulations. Yes. In the email, Matt at Bassone.com. Tell me what you won, which were the tactical gloves. Congrats. Yeah. Uh, who's going to win Angler of the Year in 2023? You called it last year. Uh, for those of you who weren't aware of it, literally before the year, it is on video. It is on camera calling uh, Brandon Polinick winning Angler of the Year. Who you got this year, Dave? Um. 
BP's going back to back. For a third angler of the year to put him in rare company. Well, I, I, I mean, be honest. They did a video with me after. I mean, I forgot that I called it right, um, but I did. Um, but they did a video and I said, went out on a limb and said, you're going to win too, but I kind of was on the video. So I had to, but if I'm going anybody other than him going back to back, there's two guys who stand out when you look at the schedule, Greg Hackney and Jason Christie. Cause I think that this, uh, schedule sets up very well for them. Um, and I, I yeah, but I, you're I'm, not going, you're I'm not going, going back to back. Why not? Ballsy. Okay. BP back to back for the angler of the year. All right. Why not? No, that makes perfect sense. Um, dude, the amount of time he spends like improving himself is embarrassing. Like he won angler of the year and went home and trained for months the whole time he was at home because he felt like he could have won it better. Really? Yes. Yeah. He said his arms were getting tired at certain points and stuff. And he's like, I need to do better. I need to, I, I, I should feel better. I shouldn't be distracted by this. And, uh, he's at the height of his game. If he doesn't win angler of the year this year, he's going to be in the mix. When it's all said and done. Yes or no. Brandon Polinick, top five angler of all time. When you take into account his entire body of work, including on off the water, what he's done for the sport. I'm going yes. I think it's no. I mean, then that's rare air, top five all time. But I'm saying that, dude, he's a special individual, and I get hammered all the time because I always talk big about him. But I mean, from the day I met Brandon, I was like, man, this dude thinks different. He acts different, and people that are like that, and people that are committed. Now, anything can happen. Like the, he's now entering the part where it can all go awry he's got a kid he's married you know what i mean but I, but i also feel like tiffany is as driven as brandon is so there but as long as he can stay locked in i think he's going to be a very scary character to deal with i mean statistically i mean if you get ken duke on here he hasn't even hit his prime yet yeah, Duke's Either too busy hit his prime yet. talking about fake world record largemouth now with the old Big Bass podcast. That's a good listen. Have you listened Great to listen. it? It it does. I've been like yelling at the at the uh, iPhone, like, why the hell doesn't he have that record? Uh, Jake Horn points out Mercer has told everyone on his podcast this year that they're going to win this year. If he if he doesn't tell that to you, he tells if he doesn't tell you that you're going to win, I'll be disappointed, Pegger. I have, I have, I'm thankful for their guests. I do tell them they're going to win. It is. Thanks for screwing up the charade, Jake. Well, I'm just saying, what are you supposed to end it with? You know, hey, thanks for having on. You know what? I'm going to call, you know, I think you're going to have a tough go of it this year, buddy. <laughs> <laughs> it just, the schedule doesn't set up for you. I wasn't really pleased with your attitude. I'm thinking, you know, I'm thinking classic bubble at best. <laughs> And that's a win for you. That yeah, is a that's, win a win. For you. that's a win. That's a win. I don't All think right. I've told everyone, but I've told a lot. Yeah, I have. I mean, there's... well, you've also started out of the gates with like every top angler in the world. So, I mean, literally every angler you've had on probably will win this year. 
And then just imagine how many more I'll get. That's what I hate about. Actually, I love podcasts. I really love it. And I feel like it's the show that I do has gotten, it's gotten its its spot almost. You know what I mean? Like it's a, it's, it's a little different than BTL. It's, it's, yeah, it's good stuff. But what I hate about it is I hate asking people to be honest. That's if, if I could leave, like if I could get rid of that, like just, and not that anyone ever says no. But uh, one did, dude did say no, but, but let, let's not bring that up. Um, but it's just, it's a weird, awkward. I just you feel had someone like I'm say asking no people too. to buy cookies, my kids' cookies. You had <laughs> someone say no too. I did have someone say no. But did you ask them first? Because I preemptively had an angler just inform me that if hell froze over, he still would not be a guest on BTL. <laughs> I believe that angler is the guest on my show this week, actually. <laughs> no joke. Bob McGinnis would like to know, uh, <laughs> this just cracked me up, four-pound test guy from Japan gets how many wins this year? What? Which four-pound test guy? Takumi Ito? Takumi Ito? He's the, he's the rookie, right? Oh no, you're speaking of um hey you, you want to I'll I'll bring you behind the scenes here. You want to learn how I say Japanese anglers yeah. names? He's the young dude. He he caught yeah. him on three pound test at Onaya. Koyu Fujita. Koyu Fujita. That's right. Yeah. He caught him on on three pound test at Oneida this year, Dave. Three pound test. He's out on the shoal, and we're all sitting there going, "What in the heck is this guy doing? He's doing donuts in his boat. His boat spinning around. He's chasing down four pound smallmouth on three pound test. That's what he's doing. He's literally made like ten casts the entire day, and then he spent six hours fighting smallmouth on three pound test. <laughs> that's a, not, that's not an exaggeration. I'm excited to watch them. Here's how I learn Japanese anglers' names so I don't screw them up. I call Sego, and Sego sends me a video file. Listen. Oh, this is horrible. Koya Fujita. <laughs> so Koya Fujita. That's how. Koya Fujita. Koya Fujita. I shared so, yeah, a hot dog with Koya Fujita. Say that over and over again. Yeah, I shared a, I shared a hot dog with Koya Fujita, and uh, I mean not the same, not the same hot dog. He had a different hot dog. Would have been cute, <laughs> one at each end. Just and I I met him and uh, he he's cool, a little bitty guy. Likes the layers. He'll go like he'll go like long sleeve, then three quarter sleeve, then short sleeve, and then he'll layer the pants the same way. Well, he's a, a, a slender man. He's a, a he uh, is. All right, we got a bunch to go, uh, a bunch of more stuff to give away. All right, if you have a question for Dave Mercer, we're going to take a, a, a second commercial break here. Get your questions in to Dave on the on the instant feedback. Uh, and if you have a question for Mercer, we will get to those when we come back. Sound good? Sounds wonderful. All right, BTL Monday night. BTL at night with Dave Mercer. We will be back right after this. I'm the kind of guy that never leaves a house without a pocket knife and Gamagatsu's come out with the EDC series of knives. EDC stands for everyday carry so whether you're on the water or off you can always have it with you. The best thing about it to me is that assisted open feature. With this D2 blade you've got it right here at your fingertips so if you can't find your scissors you need to cut a knot, you need to cut your braid, you've always got it. Make sure you check it out. 
Never leave home without your Gamagatsu EDC knife. Preparation is key to success. And that preparation starts well before you ever hit the water. You're only as strong as your connection to the fish, and your line is that critical connection. Confidence in your line every minute of every day on the water is a necessity, and failure, it's not an option. Sunline makes the fluorocarbon, nylon, and braided lines to give you the strength to guarantee your confidence. Great thing about the new Sensation Soft Plastics from Big Bite Baits, heavily scented, super soft, buoyant, comes in seven great new shapes. I've got a couple of them of my signature series, the Cliffhanger Worm and the Ramtail Craw. Great for a flipping jig, football jig, swim jig, all that. Several other great shapes. Really excited about it. We've worked over the last year, catches fish all over the country, and I think it's gonna catch fish for people everywhere you try it. The Spro Little John crankbait has been around for almost 15 years and it is one of my go-to crankbaits whenever I need a fish in the boat so you can never have enough new colors. That's why Spro is coming out with a handful of new colors including Pearl Shad which has this bleached out white look but it's got this pearlescent really really pretty. We've got Copper Shad which looks amazing in the water. It's got that purple flake on the back really really pops in the water. And then if you want some real pop, we've got Sparkle Shad, nothing but sparkles all over this thing. And then last but not least, we've got the Matte Sexy Shad, just a really different looking color for a crankbait. So you wanna give them a little different look, that Matte Sexy Shad is definitely the one to go with. All these colors are available in the original Little John and the MD. Have you considered purchasing new electronics for your rig? The type of mounts you choose to protect your investment should be part of the decision-making process. No matter if you prefer one, two, or three graphs up front, Beatdown Outdoors has a solution for you. Adjustable, versatile, rigid, and made in the USA. What's your ultimate electronics setup? Check out the full selection of Beatdown Outdoors products by visiting beatdownoutdoors.com. All right, welcome back. BTL at night with Dave Mercer. I'm looking over the... Uh, I'm texting you to say, pick some juicy questions. Is that really what you're texting me? <laughs> there are some juicy ones. There's over 100 comments in that commercial break. All right, let me mute that. <clears throat> All right, I'm just going to... Here's what here's what we're going to do. I'm going to rapid fire questions at you. All right. And then... I'll give uh, long-winded you... answers. Oh, I mean, it's up to you. You're the one with the family. I'm just, I'm just alone in my house. <laughs> um, I'm gonna, I'm gonna scroll up and then I'll just start rap, rapid questions. I'm probably not even gonna read some of them. Um, will a Canadian win this year, Connor Nicholson? That's a weak question, but yes. Um, <laughs> I think so. Um, actually I'm going to say, I mean, a lot of people don't pay attention, but two, uh, I believe three out of the last four years, there's been a Johnston in the top three for angler of the year. So I'm going to say, yeah. um, yes, we will see another Canadian victory. Coop who's coming is as buttoned down a young pro as I've ever known. Um, he's actually somebody who 
Cooper Gallant, elite series rookie. He's actually somebody who it's going to be so weird to have him there because Coop was, I mean, the Johnsons were, I knew them since they were little kids. Coop's still a kid. He's still a kid, but I mean, he's so buttoned down and so focused. It, it's amazing. It's almost like, you know, an evolution like that, you know, there's the Johnsons and those guys. Well, here mm-hmm. comes Coop and he's learned from everything that they're doing. And, and a lot of people are doing and Coop's going to be a player, I think, on the Elite Series as well. So I'd say, yeah, we'll see a Canadian win this year or else my tires will probably be flat when I go. All outside. right. Anthony would like to know what bait you think is going to dominate this year. Um, probably something on a spinning rod because of forward facing zone. <laughs> Fair point. Uh, Todd Smith. Yeah, that's a great, that's, I see what you did there. He wants to know who your guest is next week. Uh, Warren Bede, Patrick Mahomes over under three touchdowns in the Super Bowl. I'm going to say, um, three. Yeah, three's good. I mean, I'll take three from him. Uh, I, I think Patrick Mahomes is, if you're a Chiefs fan, you need to pray because what we got through that game with was the most like forever. And and here's the other thing, no matter what Patrick Mahomes accomplishes in his career, people are going to make excuses before it was Tyreek Hill. It was the reason that they won. Now they literally have, I mean, the guys on the field didn't go to Penn state. They went to Penn, (laughs) you know, seventh round draft picks and people that like, it's not – I mean, the guys that he was throwing to last night and, and after all those injuries, um, for for them to get through, it's incredible. And um, for those of you that thought that that last call was unsportsmanlike, shouldn't have been called, you didn't watch the NFL this year or last year because that's all day long. And referees do suck, though. I'll give you that. Referees suck in pro sports, and I think we need to fix that because we live in a time where they – Literally could put a chip on the ball and know exactly where it is. We don't need to have stupid sticks and running up and down the mm-hmm. field. We have a chip in a ball and we can say it's this far. So anyways, I digress. But yes, Patrick Mahomes, three touchdowns and his second Super Bowl. He really I mean, did. He's been out of the last four years. They've been to the Super Bowl. This will be the third trip out of the last. Oh, four yeah, years. he's good. Yeah, I'm not denying that. And he really did good. text me. Pick some juice questions. Uh so we'll do it. Bob McGinnis would like to know, Dave, who do you wish the most to be on the Elite Series who currently isn't? That's easy. Kevin Van Dam. I think it's a travesty that he is maybe one of my best friends on earth. Talked to him today. Um, I think it's a travesty that he's not there. Uh, I, I, if, if anything could change, I'd love to have KVD back on the Elite Series. All right. And a whole bunch of other guys. Uh, but I'm happy with the dudes on the Elite Series. Don't get me wrong. Yeah. I mean, well, we have a question. Bob, Bob wasn't deal. asking about the guys on the Elite okay. Series. He's asking about the guys up. not on the Elite Series. KVD, the initials back on the Elite Series in Dave's perfect world. Yeah. Macaulay Outdoors. Dave, what has been your favorite classic? Ugh. That's a tough one. I really, I, I get asked that all the time and I have a hard time picking. The Christie Classic was pretty phenomenal. But um, Chris Lane was pretty phenomenal. Dude, that's mine too. 2012 there. with the knee on the ground, Bobby Lane neck yeah. tackling him, just the whole way it went down. I'm, I'm, I. That's my favorite. Is the 2012. Yeah, that, that's. But those are yeah, they're 
probably the top two, I'd say. But the Jordan Lee ones were pretty freaking phenomenal too, which I love because they were just comebacks and crazy things. And um, they're all special in their own way. Mm -hmm. It's really tough to pick one. I uh, I messaged him either today or yesterday, came out with his own signature series jig, and it looks pretty freaking good. The LOB. Bobby? No, this is the next question oh, that I'm sorry. setting up. The LOB jig from Luke Duncan. I said, hey, I said, I know what it's like to kind of work on a bait or a lure. It doesn't happen overnight. So if you guys have a chance, go out and check the L. I think it's called the LOB jig from from Luke Duncan. He just debuted it at a, at a show. Uh, that being said, Dean Lyons said, Mercer, will you ever make amends with Luke Duncan? Uh, that'd be a negative ghost rider. Uh, All right. Moving I, on. I, listen, I wish Luke Duncan nothing but all the success and happiness in the world. But happiness is the most important thing in the world. And for as proud as I was of the 20 weeks of LD and the MC that we did together, I think it was a really cool show. I think me and Luke have a great chemistry together. It ain't worth it, though. It ain't worth it. I mean, he wants to. And I hate to even comment on this because it's just. Well, you know, you did. Up. You're good. It's I just you said the, you wanted to juice well, questions. Let me finish. But let okay. me finish. It's going to start up the. It's how he gets traffic, dude. I mean, go through his podcast. It's it's always with a negative thing, and I'm not about that. And what that turned into was the biggest bullcrap thing ever, and it ain't worth it. So, um, I and I honestly wish him nothing but the most success and happiness in life. I'll always hold a special part to him, but unless that dude totally changes, life's too short to mess with that crap and i hope his jig does wonderful wow that was like very open know. and honest wasn't it no that's good like i said i'm a i'm a anti-conflict guy so i'm like literally cool with everyone and when i'm not cool with someone it like literally like bothers me it's probably a personality trait to want to be liked instead of just be like hey this is how i feel and then like stand my ground that's just how i am no dude and hey trust me I, I wish I had the balls to just be like, and I don't like you and you and you. <laughs> no, but I, I'm not like that with anyone. No, I know. I'm not saying you. I just say it in general. But, dude, did, let's not get this wrong. I mean, he likes to point out different people that try to. What do you think he tried to do to my career? I have well, no he, idea. That's a whole special on me. <laughs> you said you wanted the juice questions. This will also get you in trouble. Okay. Nick would like to know the top Canadian to most likely win the classic. The top Canadian, not the top Canadians. You get one name, Dave, which means the other Canadians will be at your throat. Well, that's an easy one to answer, though. Gussie, he won there before, so I'm going Gussie. Oh, that is kind of easy. Yeah, I got it. See how I got it. You did one. get that because, yeah, you got that because both of the Johnsons and Cooper would be like, well, yeah, he has won there before this time of the year. Coop won, Coop won uh, just down the road, though, at Cherokee. So he uh, he's not one to be taken lightly either. Uh, let me go through here to the questions. I don't really know much about Connor Bedard. I know he's like a freak show who's coming into the NHL. Oh, you're a little 16-year-old punk. Oh, my God, he's good. Yeah. He's so good. Yeah, he's like the next Crosby. Yeah, he's so good. If I was his father, I'd put him on steroids right now because he's only 
five ten. He's kind of a smaller dude, but he is so good. I would put him on steroids, get him that. In Vegas, they can do an operation where they actually make you taller. Maybe get him that done or whatever. Really? Dude, some of those, like, you don't understand. So back in the day when I was playing juniors, I, was, I had a, I made the main camp, which is a big deal for the NAHL, which is one of the top-tier American junior leagues. And I was on the same main camp tryout team as Michael Davies, who was 5'5". He went on to play, have a vaulted AHL career and captain of Wisconsin. You would not believe what that kid could do at five five. He's the fastest, quickest. I mean, I got I, I got cut from the team in the final cut, and he went on to then get promoted to the USHL and go on for a professional career. But at five five, it was nuts how good he was and how he was able to survive. Yeah, but until you get to the NHL, and then it's not so good, right? Yeah, Scott. No, I mean, who do you have? You have Martin St. Louis and Theo Fleury. Nobody even wants to hear this panger. I do. We've talked about Ireland. And it's my, now. it's BTL. It's a studio in my house. Listening. We talk about whatever the heck I want to talk about. Yeah, we're, we're holding strong. Uh, Scott would like to know to if anybody has rec you. recommendations for a place to stay in Knoxville for the classic. <laughs> I'm the worst person to ask. I don't even know where I'm staying. Uh, dude, you're staying wherever they book your. Yeah, wherever they book. Uh, the nice thing here. about Knoxville is to say this. It is my favorite whole city for a classic because yeah. everything's right there. You have um, takeoff, everything. You can literally get to all of it by walking. So it's it's nice, unlike yeah. some others where we uh, gotta drive a long way. Bobby Colson would like to know who said no to Mercer. <laughs> you said you wanted the juice questions. Wow. You're, you get, you're getting the juice questions. You don't have to answer them. Okay, I'm just asking I'll them. just tell you. We already talked about him on this podcast, and he's one of my favorite winning moments for the Bassmaster Classic. And and um, Christy was on two weeks ago. <laughs> I didn't follow that. Maybe someone else did. Well, Wait, okay. say give the clues again. He, we already talked about him as one of my favorite winning moments of the Bassmaster Classic. Oh, I got you. Really? Yeah, I was shocked. Super shocked. Super shocked. I wanted to have him and his brother on. But, what is uh, that? I don't even know what this means. Dave, what are your thoughts on Alberta going free? <laughs> no idea what that means myself. Go free. <laughs> what does that mean? Who will be the first Canadian angler of the year? Now you're getting in. Now you're getting into the pickle because now you're doing the whole year. Chris Johnson. Uh, okay. I mean, that's it, you have to go with statistically. He's been the guy who's threatened for it more. Mm -hmm. um, so I'm going Chris Johnson. Uh, do you have a, like a fundraiser that you do? Like I'm doing St. Jude's this year and stuff. You have a Mercer fundraiser casting for a cure. Okay. Yeah, we've, there we've it is. Corey Wood. Years. Yeah. Dave, what is that? Uh, we raised money for it's actually evolved. I mean, at one time it was all for um, it was started after my mom passed. and It was for a cancer charity and um, it's kind of evolved and we do some stuff for cancer. We also do some stuff for autism um, charities and, and different camps that kids benefit from. So it's kind of been all over the place. But really, the cool thing about it is we've done a lot of work with it, but really it's supported by so many different bass clubs. Like for example, there's a bass club near me, Durham anglers association. They have a tournament every single year and they raise a bunch of money for it. So it's cool to work 
with a bunch of different clubs and raise money for it. All right. If people want more information on casting for a cure, they got a website. Uh, yeah, there's uh, there's a part on our website. If you Facts check um, on factsofishing.com, if you still go to website. Um, I know that's can, weird, uh, isn't it? For a cure, this a little section in there, which says what we're up to and that sort of thing. All right. You good for some more questions? I promised I wouldn't keep you two hours and we're no, no, rapidly it's, it's approaching. Fine. It's it's fine. You've already made me talk about all sorts of stuff that I haven't talked about in years. So you literally asked. You sent life. me the text. I've got a screenshot of the text hey, right I now. I didn't mean juice like. Well, that nah, I did actually. I guess Brandon McAllister. What's your guess on the biggest bag of the year this year? Good question. Thirty-two pounds. Sack. A sack. Uh, who's your favorite all-time Kansas City Chief? Well, freaking Patrick Mahomes, St. Patrick, the Patriots saint of the Kansas City Chiefs saved us. But before that, um, that Nigerian nightmare. I was a big fan of him. Uh, <laughs> that's going way back. But yeah, no, I've, I've got a lot of a lot of Chiefs that I've been fans of, but nobody tops. Patrick Mahomes. And then I'd say number two's got to be Travis Kelsey. And Tyreek Hill used to be up there, but not so much anymore. What model uh, Phoenix are you running? 921 PHX. The best deep water bass boat I've ever fished out of. In your opinion, is Jason Christie or Taco E2 better at live scope? <laughs> I don't think there's many people better than Takumi Ito at live scope. I think Jason Christie's a lot better than people give him credit at. But I think Takumi Ito is incredible at live scope. Name your top three live scopers or forward facing sonar because there's a lot of guys who use the uh, active target that are really good at it uh, in the world right now. They're efficient at a professional level, including the BPT and the Elite Series. Um, Takumi Ito, uh, John Sukup, and. Uh, You going Patrick? Bunch. That's where I'm kind of leaning. Or Edwin. Or Jacob. Jacob Wheeler's got to be. Oh, no. At three, there's a bunch. There's Wheeler. There's you got to pick one. Pat, I'll go Patrick Walters. Okay. Taco, Takumi Ito. Mm-hmm. John. Everyone's mm -hmm. about to find that out in a couple weeks here. And Patrick Walters. Yeah. All but right. I think there's there's a, a lot like, and I think that that is, I mean, that's what a lot of dudes are working on. Um, it's it they're all really good at it. But I mean, there's guys like Takumi Ito. Takumi Ito chases fish. I mean, mm -hmm. he says it on stage all the time, and I say it, and people don't pick up on it. But he literally gets on the bumper of a fish and chases it for forty five minutes <laughs> until it eats. What state or lake do you enjoy going to the most on the trail? I like Tennessee. Tennessee's good. I mean, mm -hmm. they all have a special place. My favorite crowd ever in the history of bass outside of classic crowds, because you got to remove them, is a place we'll probably never go back to. And it is a place that I'm probably going to hear bad things from them in the next two weeks. Fill a freaking Philadelphia. There is oh, no sports fan. Yeah, that was awesome. Like the crowd in Philadelphia. It was the craziest thing. Like I, I 
I re- that like I mean if we could go back I would I'd love to go back there. I don't What think year was will. that? It was either 2013 or 2014. I think 14. Iconelli wins. That's before things go quote viral on the yeah. internet, right? So I'm I'm doing I'm managing the pro staff for pure fishing. I did that in 2013 and yeah. 2014. So it's my job to not only replace 75,000 Iconelli broken rods that miraculously got stepped on in the three footers and give power lizards to guys and stuff. But I also had to do like some media for him. So he goes past that wall and he goes, and he revs it. And I'm like, cool. I got that on a cell phone. So I send it off and it goes viral. (laughs) And it was the first thing I'd ever shot that went viral. It was the only thing that I've ever shot that went viral. And then he crowd surfed with the trophy in it. Yeah, dude, that's a great, that's a great answer. Uh, that's a great answer to the question. Uh, that was, who was that? That was Luke Miller. Uh, you want to give away something to Luke Miller? Yeah, let's give Luke something. Okay. What does he get? Luke gets a... Hold on here. I'm getting back to it. Luke gets a ripcord vest from Dave Mercer. There you go. Congrats, Luke. Basic question, but a great answer that brought back some fond memories flooded back luke miller matt at basszone.com b-a-s-s-e-o-n-e.com say hey i won the rip cord vest with dave mercer and if you would like him to autograph said rip cord vest please include that in the email i'm serious that's a big deal dude i want one of your classic shirts all right uh i'm gonna scroll down and get to a couple more else we'll be here for three hours um Dean Lyons would like to know, will your wife ever make an appearance on the podcast? Oh, uh, we'd get a lot better ratings if she would. Um, <laughs> I just randomly picked up. Um, yeah, no, I mean, I'd be all for it. She's not so much the the public speaker type person, but I'm sure she she would, I mean, come on. I mean, I, I don't know. I'll ask her. She's listening to this. So, honey, chime in the comments. Will you ever come on the podcast? Andy Parker would like to know uh, where you think the classic will be next year. I have no. I idea. hope it goes back to somewhere in Oklahoma. I would love to see it go back in Oklahoma. Where? If, if the trip you follow. Yeah. The problem is you have to have a big enough city next to it, and there really isn't anyway. We're gonna we're gonna see you follow completely exposed this year with the MPFL. I think there's a Toyota or an Invitational MLF Invitational and the Bassmaster Open going there. We're going to absolutely see how it is bar none, the best tournament lake in the country and how it can have all that pressure on it. And it does not affect the lake at all because it's a hundred thousand acres. It fishes like six different lakes. You're going to have guys in 10 foot of water thrown up there in 10 clip foot of probably six foot of clarity. I'm exaggerating. Probably five foot of clarity <laughs> throwing a football head on brush piles up lake. You're going to have guys flipping bushes and throwing a chatterbait and two foot of visibility. Make it. You're going to have, guys crank and rip rap and make the top 10 in all the tournaments across the entire thing. And they're going to be 70 miles apart, but there's nowhere to hold the way in. Yeah. That's a major issue. Uh, major issue. Yeah. But I, I have no idea to, to be honest. I don't even ask those questions because I'm bad at keeping secrets <laughs> just yeah. because I talk to a lot of people and I forget 
damn, this was what I wasn't supposed to say. And this was, so I literally don't ask them. I'm like, let me yeah. know when you're announcing it. Bass fanatic would like to know who the worst at launching their boats in the morning is. It would have to be Scott Martin. Cause he's always last minute. Wouldn't it? Yeah. And he has like 18 camera people hanging off of different parts of it, but I, they're all pretty good. Believe it or not, when they get to the elite series, they, uh, they, they're pretty good. The here, but I will tell you, and he's threatened for angler of the year a few times. David Mullins has the best, like, he had when he first joined the elite series, he had his marshal back his truck in. And he had a pretty old truck at the time, yeah. and uh, somehow said truck and trailer ended up all in the water and everything. It was a disaster. So Ooh. that was how his elite series career started. But I mean, other than the odd little thing like that that happens every once in a while, they're all pretty good. They're all pretty good at, at launching their boat. All right. Uh, we're doing three more questions. Okay. We're an hour and 40 minutes in. You guys have been awesome. Uh, a lot of live. Anyone even tonight. listening anymore, Panger? Yeah, we got like 400 people on. Oh, my gosh. Yeah, it's been. Well, well I mean, it just depending. I mean, you started to answer the juicy questions and it literally spiked. Um, <laughs> Matthew Johnson. Uh, and I, I know Luke, it's it's not your quick. job to cover the opens, but any thoughts on Ben Milliken jumping in the opens this year? Had him on BTL. Uh, he's been on a bunch of different podcasts. Any thoughts on that? Um, I'm very interested to see it. I, you know, me and Ben have talked for a while about doing a podcast together, but he's on every freaking pod. Like every time I look, I'm like, maybe I should call Ben to do a podcast. And I'm like, oh, he's on that podcast this week. So he's on like too many freaking podcasts to book him for the podcast. Mm -hmm. but, uh, I'm really interested because I think Ben's an incredible angler. I think Ben, um, knows a lot more about tournaments than people kind of think. And I think that, um, I think that it's gonna. I think he's gonna do well. Um, I'm just interested in, in watching it go down. Okay, I'm scrolling through the. Like I said, we can literally do this for four hours, Dave. But I'm 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 enjoying it. So I mean, that's really what this is about, right? As long as I'm enjoying it. No, I'm just yeah. Kidding. <laughs> yeah. Um, if you had an intro song, what would it be? That's uh Chris Harney. That's worthy of a prize. Um, is that not worthy of a prize? Sure. I like sure. that one. Chris Harney. I like that one. Uh, let's do the, uh, hopefully you're a large. If you're an extra large, you can still fit in the large Chris Harney. You have won the, uh, I have to remember the name of them. The F two mid layer pant. And it is pant, not pants, because there's like a promo deal of me going out there talking about the honcho pant, and the only comments are, who calls it a pant? <laughs> <laughs> uh, let me put my pant on. Yes. Matt <laughs> at BassZone.com. Chris Harney, message me. You won the you won the pant. I am so stuck, though, on that. Like, I mean, I guess... Um, I don't really have a song. I mean, I come out to cult of personality um, at the elite events and at the class. Is that your choice so or did that just happen? No, I like that song. I'm a bit of a wrestling geek and that's kind of where it came from. And it, really the only reason I picked a true story. The only reason I picked a song was because when I first started at Bass, they at, I started the classic and they're like, what's your intro song? And I was like, I don't have an intro song. I said, just play whatever, play something upbeat. And I came out and they played Dude Looks Like a Lady. So I was like, from now on, I need to pick a song. So um, 
<laughs> that's that's the kind of fun that we have at Bass. First day at the office, you've dreamed of this your whole life. I'm gonna walk out in the Bass Master Classic. Dude looks like a lady. Dude looks like a lady. And for a few seconds, I didn't realize what was playing. I'm kind of dancing. I'm like, wait, sons of. <laughs> All right. Uh, D Lions would like to know: Does Roddy Moore cry about the refs in every sport while he's with you guys, or is that just on Twitter? Oh no, he cries just as much in real life, maybe more. Uh, <laughs> take a cheap shot. Oh, I just answered the question. I know Roddy's all all about the Arkansas uh, Razorbacks now. I always like his play by plays for the sports. That's a dude who started in college. That's another dude. Like I'm a product of college fishing. Ronnie's a mm -hmm. product of college fishing. ECU came out, grinded, 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 got his foot in the door, continued to grind, worked his way up. Hard worker. He's yeah. a very, very hard worker. I'll tell you that. I There's want to hear. Not many people that will outwork Ronnie Moore. All right. Uh, this is going to be the last question. This is the last question of the evening, Dave. And then we're going to give away the last two prizes. Okay. Uh, Jason would like to hear your personal favorite fishing story. Biggest, funniest, one that got away, anything. Oh the God. best fishing story you have to round out BTL at night with Dave Mercer on Monday, January 30th. Oh. I'm trying to think of something that's not super long. Um, <laughs> well, it can be long. It just is up to you. Um, I'm horrible at this when you're like, and then I'll get off and I'll be like, wait, why didn't I tell this? You've got to have some legendary fish stories. I got a lot of them, but they all come out like while you're, you know what I mean? Like in conversation, somebody says something and then you're just like, oh yeah. Um, well, pick. Have you ever had one on the show that you fought for like three hours or something, and then? Uh, it yeah. Well, I caught a shark once off, and we literally had a dude like a giant is, shark, maybe the world record mako shark. Is this your story that you're well, going to no, tell? It's it. Well, you got to tell that story now. So now you just box okay, yourself so anyways, into telling well, two dude stories. Came out, we were fifty miles off the ocean, offshore, so we're in the middle of nowhere. You see nobody, and I'm fighting this shark. And there's this giant trawler coming towards us. And I said to Art, the captain that I was with, I'm like, Art, this boat's coming. And he said, oh, don't worry. He'll turn away. He'll turn away. And we kept with that story. And then he got closer and closer and closer and ultimately ended up cutting off my line. And what happened was the guy had the boat like in autopilot, basically jammed. And he was down cooking and doing all sorts of crap. So he broke my fish off. But that's not even the best fishing story you just said it did i ever want i'll tell you a story that i've told a lot and it, it it's not really fishing but it's something everybody in fishing has to deal with and it is what makes fishing so different than anything else you don't get a break so people have to go to the bathroom on the water and everybody has that story where it's bad when things work out bad um, so anyways, I was pre-fishing for a tournament and it's on the lake that I live on actually. And it's a, it's like a mini Lake Okeechobee. So you can go for miles in like a foot of water that you can't even get on plane with. So I'm way back there 
and I get the stirring that all anglers have felt before. It's just <laughs> in your stomach. And I'm like, oh, I'll just keep fishing. I'm way back here. Like for me to get, and I remember looking and I'm like, those, that marina that I can get to is way up there. Cause I, I'm not a big aqua dumper. A lot of people like to go, <laughs> I'm top heavy. I mean, it just doesn't work out good for me. Um, so I try not to go to the bathroom on the water, or at least that time. I think I've mastered it now. Um, so I'm out there and it's my stomach's burning. And I remember I read in a reader's digest, um, ironically, I was probably pooping at the time while I was reading said reader's digest that if you sit down on a hard surface, it can make said urge go away. So I sat on the deck of the boat and I sat there for a few minutes and, and it went away. I'm like, whew, I'm good. Get back to fishing. So I get further back in the cramp and then it came back and now it came back, but it came back with like Montezuma's revenge. It was just like, boom. it was a situation that I was once in control of. And now I'm no longer in control of because, you know, before I could have maybe made it to that Marina, but now I'm like, this is coming out of me. Yeah. <laughs> I want it to come yeah, out of me yeah, or not yeah. want it to come out of me. There was one year, and this is I was fishing out of a Lund. I literally fished out of a Lund one year. And I'm literally like sweating. Like, you know, everybody's been sick. I don't care if it hasn't happened to you yet in your life, it's gonna happen. Um, but so I'm sweating and I've got I've got a poop, and I'm like doing the dance on the front deck, and I'm trying to figure out like where am I gonna poop? Like, am I just gonna hang it off the side? I don't want to be top heavy and topple over into the, and then it stood out to me like the Holy grail, it glowed at the back of the boat. Wah! The minnow bucket. I mean, Lunds have a minnow bucket in them. There's like a minnow bucket, a part of your live well. So I'm like, perfect. I go to work in the minnow, bucket, drop my pants. And it's like a freaking flock of swallows, <laughs> like <laughs> horrible visual. But if you've seen dumb and dumber, you know exactly what I'm talking about. And I, I'm so I take care of business and then I get up, I use a t-shirt or whatever to to clean up said mess, and then I go to go back to fishing, but I've got a, like a bucket full of what swallows. Yeah, swallows <laughs> formerly in me. I'm like, <laughs> what what do I do? What do so I don't I don't condone littering, but in this situation, I'm like I, I'm I'm taking minnow bucket and throwing it off the side <laughs> of the boat. So I threw the freaking minnow bucket off the <laughs> no, side it's of the boat, and it floated away. And I thought, okay, we're good. And I'm fishing along. And like, this is an hour, hour and a half later. I hear this boat way off in the distance. And it's just like a nine, nine, like a, like a tiller. You can hear it coming. And I know when you can hear people talking on the water and they're louder than the, than the, you know, then the motor, you can just hear them, whatever they're saying, but it sounds like Charlie Brown's teacher, you just hear. Bah, 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 bah. So I hear them yelling and stuff. And I look and I realize that their boat is coming this direction. And the yellow floating minnow bucket is like right in front of them. And they are, they think they've hit the jackpot. Like you, the, the one dude is literally leaning over the front of the boat. He's doing his best, you know, impersonation from Titanic on the front deck of the boat. <laughs> and he's pointing, bucket. go over to the right, go over to the left. 
And I, so I'm like, oh my gosh, what is it going to happen here? So I did what any good respecting person would do. I mean, I can't stop them. I got my binoculars out. So I sat down <laughs> and I watched this dude lean over the front deck of the boat and he grabbed the giant poo bucket out and you could just see the swallows flowing out the side of the poo bucket and all i heard is just the most loudest ridiculous profanity ever ever i've heard in my life and from that day i've never gone fishing without a minnow bucket and i've never ever wanted to pick up somebody's minnow bucket so that's my greatest fishing story ever i guess <laughs> oh wow all right uh jason diddle email me matt at basszone.com along with the uh ga garment the puffer fish jacket which is probably my favorite jacket in the lineup yeah that story won you a jacket jason congratulations you sorry y'all had to put up with that that that's good stuff man hey uh, before we give away the final, which is a, a, a hydronaut, a full hydronaut, pants and jacket. Yes. Uh, and it's actually, it's red, just like the freaking city chiefs. I've wanted a red one too. Um, it's right here. I got it. Listen, there's, there's tons of, uh, tons of feedback. Uh, granted, I know that some of the feedback is, is mainly primarily because you're trying to win stuff, but also I love BTL listeners. They're like educated. They listen to everything. They show up. It's fantastic. Hey, before we give this away, can I just say one thing, Matt? Yeah, you can say whatever you want. Every Wednesday night at 6 p.m. Eastern time, watch Mercer, the podcast named after me by me. How ridiculous is that? No, uh, it drops at 6, 6 p.m. 6 p.m. Eastern every single Wednesday. Yeah, and then uh, you have uh, you have an you have an embarrassment of riches on your YouTube channel because every single day you have something that drops, basically. So the call drops on Monday mornings. Mm -hmm. Just run through your schedule on what drops on Facts of Fishing. Uh, Monday mornings, we drop the call. I think that's at 6 a.m. every single Monday with myself, Matt Panger. Then every single day, right around 11 o'clock, we drop a short um, which is uh, one of the underwater clips that I shoot throughout the year. Um, and thankful to the amazing people. Uh, that has been a huge thing for our channel. Um, last year, we had 100 million plays on our YouTube channel, which is holy cow. Unbelievable. Did you get a plaque for 100 million plays? No, no. They gave us a plaque for 100 thousand subscribers but we're closing in on 200,000 now. I think we're at like 180 something. Um but yeah, that's been huge for us. So we drop those every single day and uh then on Wednesdays we have um the podcast and then throughout the week we also drop segments short segments of the podcast and um facts of fishing shows which is our original show. So actually me fishing. Um and weirdly enough, our podcast viewers have gotten so strong that like as i started the new season this year people are like wait you do a tv show as well i'm like yeah that's actually my main job before all of this crap so yeah there's stuff. something every single day basically that's and then impressive. on when, and monday nights when i'm bored we just do this panger yeah well which thank has you been I, really fun actually because have you enjoyed it i appreciate it man because i know you don't do this stuff a ton and i was like we were trying i was trying to get you in for a regular show we never even touched on the 2023 elite series which is fine but 
or uh, or pod the future of podcasts which was the other topic you said we were well, yeah so we, we were gonna have a whole show it, that's how it usually works out though uh but yeah hopefully you enjoyed it thank you very much for taking i mean two hours out of your life to uh to do this i don't take it for granted uh and and much appreciated dude it's all fun dude you're one you're you're I'm thankful to be on here. And I'm I, honestly, I'm really just thankful that this many people took the time to listen um, to our tomfoolery. It is. This will be out on uh, all the uh, podcast platforms, iTunes, Spotify, the whole nine yards. And then uh, also it is, it is helpful for me. I've started to actually uh, unashamedly ask for this now Mercer, which is just the, the thumbs up of the uh, YouTube on YouTube. So I originally just said, Hey, put, thumbs up and then the comments just blew up with people giving thumbs up in the comments <laughs> so you gotta I had it on to the say, actual video yes it has to be like the video uh if you didn't like it you can click the thumbs down uh it might be satisfying for you to know that while you will not be able to see how many thumbs down i will so if that, <laughs> if, that, if, that if that tickles your fancy if that tickles your fancy, then yeah, there you go. Now everyone's uh, everyone's doing it. All right, let's give this away. I think I think we we scroll. Was there anything else that stood out to you, or are we going to pick a random one? We've had tons of comments. We've literally had hundreds of comments as we scrolled through here. I need to end the show, and unfortunately, I just scrolled up a billion miles. And oh, there it is, right there. All right, uh, are you just going to tell me? I mean, how how do you want to do this? Do you have any specific, or are we just going to do the random for the Hydronaut? I have already scrolled up. There's literally hundreds of these comments. Okay, so, so you just want me to tell you to stop again? Yeah, but just give me like five or ten seconds. So I'm just scrolling. I have no idea where I am in the comments. So whenever you say stop, as long as it's a coherent sentence that adds something to the conversation, you get Dave Mercer's Red, Hi uh, red Hydronaut. Stop! Antony, with the question about Alberta that we didn't understand. <laughs> but hey, valid question. Thank you for your contribution to BTL. Antony, shoot me an email, matt at basson.com. The Hydronaut rain suit from Dave Mercer's personal stash. That is yours. Yes. And please explain your question when you send that. People are going to think it's fixed because a dude in Canada. I mean, assuming he's in Canada, he asked about Alberta. Yeah, I don't know. Who knows? It's saying Alberta will move to the third stage of its reopening plan July 1st. That has nothing to do with that. Yeah, I don't, I don't know what that is. Oh, uh, it was worth it. AFCO Hydronaut, though. Yeah, yeah, the gift that keeps on giving. No, it's been fun. It's been fun. I hope I didn't cause too much trouble. Uh, uh, you got to cause a little bit of trouble. I, I, tip, I try to, sh I try to shy away from that, Dave. But I asked the question. Yeah, and it, dude, back it's to life. said question. I literally do not um, hold anything bad against the guy that we talked about earlier. I and I did not hold not. anything I, bad against the guy that I talked about earlier. I would actually like to get him on as a guest. We actually had a conversation about him being on as a guest prior to, and it's his prerogative. I said something on the show that he didn't take kindly to. And for me that 
But it's I think it's okay though. Like, yeah, hundred percent. It's that. That's the thing. I mean, dude, you do. We do. Uh, I've done thousands of hours of live now. Stuff happens. Stuff doesn't. I mean, it's real life. Like you can come on and pretend like everything is roses, and that's not real life. No, no, it's not. <laughs> it is not. Um, and and I think, it, dude, it's all. It, I think that's one of the coolest things about. To, like I, I think social media brings a lot of negative to the world, but I think one of the coolest things that it does is people are able to be themselves. People are able to be honest. And I think that people that live not as themselves get exposed pretty quick. And you know what I mean? But I also think that that's what's, that's who Seth fighter is that, you know what I mean? Like be when he was trying to be what he thought people wanted him to be, he wasn't successful, but when he relaxed and was just the same Seth fighter, he's always been, that's how he's become successful. And I think that we live in a good time where people truly respect honesty and real conversations. And that doesn't mean that they're always going to agree with what you say. Um, uh, that's all I got. I don't know. All right. A lot of people here thanking you for coming on. I thoroughly enjoyed it. Good friend. Dave Mercer, uh, facts of fishing, something new every single day. Greatly appreciated. Greatly appreciated for uh, I, I enjoyed it. I enjoyed it. This seems like an awkward ending. So no, it's not. It's just we're two hours in. This is the yeah. longest Let's BTL go. in the history of the new studio. You got the record. Wow. Wow. Thank you. Thank you. I'm honored to have that record and uh, sorry for lying to my wife because when I walked in here, she said, how long is it going to be? It's going to be a long one. I'm like, no, probably not even an hour. I know. I was trying to. I'm sorry, dude. It is what it is. Hey, we gave away a lot of stuff. People tuned in and I'm thankful for it. This has been another edition of BTL at Night with Dave Mercer for January 30th. We'll see you guys tomorrow. Casey Scanlon tomorrow morning. Casey Scanlon tomorrow morning on BTL. See ya. Good night.